gotta do to keep you? What do I gotta do to keep you from doing this to me? What a cry from the human heart. You get used to the pain and numb to the sting till you can't feel anything. You tried to explain, but I couldn't hear it. Then all that disappears. Now I can't laugh, can't cry, and I can't run, can't hide. What do I gotta do? What do I gotta do to keep you from doing this to me? About 45 years ago, another grab at your heart song captured the depths of the human experience of loneliness. Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice in the church where a wedding has been, lives in a dream, waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door. Who is it for? All the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? Welcome back to It's Complicated, your life in relationships. You live this every day. Last week, we heard from Carrie and Chris Shook in their book, Love at Last Sight. Your closest relationships will naturally drift apart over time. And chances are, right now, one or more of your most important relationships is less than what you wish it could be. We talked about the art of being all there, the art of acting intentionally, and the art of risking awkwardness. We started with some big questions. Is this relationship worth sticking with? This is the cut my losses and move on decision. Is there a way for this relationship to get better? This is the take a personal inventory and risk change decision. And finally, is God doing something in my life and I'm missing it? This is the embracing holy interruptions decision. The question for last week was, how do you get there? How do you get there? And today, we're heading for a place called intimacy. I believe that your relationships can change. I believe your relationships can grow. But you're going to have to understand the six requirements for intimacy to make that happen. Studies tell us there's a, a quiet epidemic of loneliness in America. Even with all the social connectivity, people are going without real connection. If you saw the movie, The Social Network, which is up for an Academy Award, at the very end, there's a picture of desperate loneliness. Desperate loneliness. As the, the young man who started Facebook is on the phone and he's, he's trying to make a connection. He's trying to make a real connection with a real person. And the phone just rings and rings and rings. And you can cut the loneliness with a proverbial knife. Some of the loneliness can be traced to a, a lack of understanding about the flip side of loneliness, intimacy. Today, I'd like to take you into the It's Complicated School of Intimacy. 
Let's begin with three verses from the Old Testament, three verses from the book of Proverbs. You know, sometimes we read entire books of the Bible, and sometimes we're in Bible studies, and, and we go verse by verse by verse for a long, long time, and, and there, there are 66 books in the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, and they give us direction for faith and life, and they give us everything we need so that we can understand who we are and where we're going. But sometimes we have so much that it's hard to stop and, and sort things out. I'm just giving you three verses this morning, three verses that you can keep in your back pocket, three verses that you can refer to all week long. And if you can understand the truth encoded in these three verses, you can understand it's complicated and make some changes in your life. Proverbs chapter 20. Sluggards do not plow in season So at harvest time, they look, but find nothing. This is a a principle of investment. And it's, it's through and through. You find this throughout the Bible. You have to be willing to invest. You have to be willing to give yourself. You have to be willing to to work diligently. You have to to have a vision and and create purpose and have passion for those things in your life that really matter. And if you get up each day and you, you have passion and purpose and vision and faith and you give that day to God for whatever he wants it to be in your life, then you will have something in the future. You will have something that day and the day after, and someday will come and you'll look back and there will be love at last sight because you have given yourself and you have invested yourself. But sluggards do not plow in season. So at harvest time, they look, but find nothing. Intimacy requires an investment and hard work. The purpose of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. All relationships are are complicated. All relationships are layer upon layer upon layer, but there is something in each and every relationship. If it's a a parent-child relationship, there's something deep in that relationship. If it's a husband-wife relationship, there's something profound in that relationship. If it's a relationship on a team or at work, there's... Every relationship has something in it, but it takes wisdom to draw that out. It takes insight to stop and see below the surface of things. And if you're not working to see below the surface of things, you're going to miss the essential qualities that are right there, right there at your fingertips. Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. That's the principle of integrity. We talked about that the first week of it's complicated. There's an outside inside dilemma. What's on the outside needs to match what's on the inside. You can't just layer on stuff on the outside that that looks good and expect that that's gonna be your life. Jesus talked about that often in his day and in his time. He looked around, he saw a lot of people with good stuff on the outside. They made themselves look really good. 
He said, you are like whitewashed tombs. On the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. There's an outside, inside to life. And the principle of integrity says, many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find your outside must match your inside. I owe a debt, a great debt to Henry Cloud, who, who taught me these principles about intimacy. But if we, if we will subscribe to these principles, if we will grab hold of them, they will give us the ride of our lives and we will understand the true meaning and depth of relationships in a way that, that God always intended them to be for us. Let me teach you the six requirements for intimacy. The first requirement is we must create safety zones. We must create zones of safety in our relationships. Think of one of your key relationships and ask yourself, do I create safety zones in this relationship? Do I create safe places in this relationship? Talk to the person who matters most to you and ask this question. Do we have safety zones in our relationship? Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person, who can find? Safety means you don't have to be lonely. Safety means you can be accepted for who you are and what you think and what you feel. Carrie and Chris Shook put it this way. Life happens. Hurt happens. And through it all, we build walls around our hearts. How much of your heart are you giving to your relationships today? If you're like me, some days are better than others. There are moments when I'm living fully out of my heart. When the walls come down and my heart is totally exposed, I feel fully alive. We do not open up unless we feel safe. We do not open up our lives to anyone unless we feel safe, whether it's in a classroom or whether it's in a kitchen, whether it's in church, or whether it's in the office. And so, so many relationships live in a zone of, of danger. So many relationships walk lightly. They tread lightly upon eggshells. They don't want to take the chance of, of really speaking the words of the heart and walls go up and relationships go down. Creating safety zones means not being defensive, not always having to win, not always having to fight back. Creating safety zones means not being manipulative, not always having to use someone to get what you want. Creating safety zones means asking the feeling questions more than the facts questions. The facts questions have easier answers the answers that are quantifiable, the answers that, that go down, fill in the blanks. It's the feeling questions that get you to a person's heart. What are you really feeling? What's behind that feeling? Where did that feeling come from? If we sit for that feeling and just sit with it for a while, what might come out of that? It's why that 
That phrase that we use in today's drama is so important. True friends stab you in the heart. They actually get to the heart of your feelings. They get to the heart of what's behind the facade. They get to to the place where they're trying to help you bring your outside and your inside together. I came across an interesting book recently, Scream-Free Marriage. Just for the cover alone, you should buy the book. Scream-Free Marriage, Turning Common Conflicts into a Deeper Lifelong Connection. The author, Hal Runkle, was actually on the Today Show. And I saw him on the Today Show, and I thought, this is really interesting stuff. So I called him because the book wasn't coming out until February the 1st. I called him a couple weeks ago, and we talked on the phone. I said, hey, I'm teaching about relationships. I'm teaching about marriage and family and all these things. And so he sent me a pre-publication copy of the book so I could have it. We had a great talk on the phone. He travels nationally and internationally doing seminars on scream-free marriage and scream-free parenting. And in his book, he describes what's safe and what's unsafe. This isn't safe. I'll tell you about myself, but only if then you tell me about yourself. If you don't, I won't either. But I want to, so you have to. I'll go first, and then you'll be obligated to disclose. It's only fair. And if I go first, you have to make me feel secure. I need to be able to trust you. That's not safe. This is safe. I don't expect you to agree with me. You weren't put on the face of this earth to validate and reinforce me but I want you to love me. And you really can't do that if you don't know me. I don't want your rejection, but I must face that possibility if I'm ever to feel accepted or secure with you. It's time to, it's time to show myself to you and confront my separateness and mortality. One day, when we are no longer on this earth, I want to know you knew me. That's safe. It's not your spouse's job, Runkle writes, to make you feel secure enough, respected enough, or loved enough. True validation is not something you seek from another. It derives from a strength of character within the inside, matching the outside. It derives from a strength of character within that allows you to serve one another. That safety We have to create safety zones. That means not being defensive. It means not being manipulative. It means asking the feeling questions more than the facts questions. The next requirement for intimacy is create expressions of need. Most people in relationships don't really know why they're needed or what their value is. You can change your life by telling your spouse or your child or your close friend why you really need them. You see, intimate people know why they matter and that it's for more than a superficial meeting of personal needs. If you were to ask your your spouse or a close friend right now why they think you value them, what would they say? Henry Cloud talks about the two major causes of affairs. And affairs run rampant throughout our society and many societies. He says that men 
They feel controlled by their wives. They feel so controlled. They don't understand why they're really needed after a while. And so they, they seek freedom. It's a superficial freedom. It's a false freedom. It doesn't really make any sense, but it's an illusion that, that draws them. It attracts them. And so because they feel controlled and they don't understand why they're needed anymore, they, they run after this, this mirage of freedom. And it destroys relationships. And women... They feel lonely. They don't know why they're needed. And after a while, the loneliness grows and grows and grows, and they're not really sure what the value of the relationship is anymore. And then suddenly, somebody looks them in the eye. Somebody says, hey, you look good, and somebody pays them some attention. And again, it's a mirage. It's an, it's an illusion. But they, they sense this person seems to need me this person seems to need who I am on the inside, but it's not really an outside-inside match. It's a, it's a splitting of the soul, and yet you reach out for what seems to be there, but it's not. It destroys the relationship. Here's an intimacy assignment. Make a list of why you value your spouse or closest friend or one of your children and try to get 10 items down on paper. And I say 10 because we have to be forced past what might be easy. One, two, or three might get easy. Four, five, and six might be a little harder. You start to get to seven, eight, nine, and 10. Now you're getting to real value. Now you're, you're, you're starting to draw things out that are deep. Now you're beginning to gain insights. You're bringing integrity to the relationship. The third requirement for intimacy is counterintuitive. Create independence. To be intimate with others, we must be independent of others. Cloud says, God has wired the universe in the same way he is wired. God is one and independent at the same time. He has a total experience of intimacy within himself. And he created us for that same experience. This is a brilliant insight. He is one and independent at the same time. God is one, we know that. He is the Lord. He is the creator of the universe. He is God Almighty. And yet in that incredible oneness, there are three individual and distinct persons, each having their role, each knowing what they do and why they do what they do, each distinct and separate and secure in their separateness. And yet together, an intimate union far beyond anything that we can understand. God wired the universe in the same way he is wired. And so we have to be both together and in union, in mind, in heart, in soul, in relationships. And yet we have to be distinctly who we are. And we get real confused with this. We live in a, a time um, where people have 100% knowledge of each other's bodies before there's hardly any knowledge of the person. God designed 100% of your body for 100% of your life. 
That's what marital intimacy is supposed to look like. Here's 100% of my life, and I give it to you. Everything about it, what's good, what's not so good, what's, what I'm trying to figure out still, I'm giving it all to you. And here's 100% of my mind and my heart and my soul and my body. When you give yourself to someone else, it should be 100% of everything. Otherwise, it creates that split experience of living. And you're not really in relationship at all. Or you're in, you're in sort of kind of maybe a relationship. It's, you know, our, our culture puts this kind of relationship on a pedestal. There's a, there's a new movie coming out. The trailer is running over and over again on TV. It's with uh, Ashton Kutcher and that that Star Wars girl, I think she's the mother of Darth Vader, although I'm not sure because I get all the movies mixed up and I, I can't figure them all out. Um, but it's, it's those two, and they're in this thing that's kind of like friends with benefits, and we can have each other's bodies, but we don't have to have a commitment. And, and, and they're putting it out there as if this is our culture today, and this is okay, and, and, and you see the trailer, and even in the trailer, they're, they're sort of struggling, and it's not a movie that we should be seeing or that we should want our kids to go see. And if I see you, <laughs> if I see you at AMC, you know, well, I'm going to see like Toy Story 3, and you're going into the, to the Kutcher Star Wars chick movie, <laughs> I'm going to write your name down. God wired the universe in the same way he is wired, one and independent at the same time, fully 100% invested in everything that he created. Cloud writes, couples who have great intimacy value each other's differences. In good relationships, you can't get threatened by the differences. There needs to be space to express the differences. You know, I didn't, I didn't do this when I first got married. When I first got married, I was clueless about everything. Don't tell my wife, please. I was clueless 35 years ago. I didn't, I didn't go to school for this. I didn't know the, the six requirements of intimacy. And I thought, you know, that, that she had to be just like me. And what a boring kind of a relationship that would have been. And I soon realized that she didn't want to be just like me anyway. You know, I had multiple stab wounds, <laughs> just like in the drama. But those are good. Those are good. If you want to pray for something today, pray for a stab wound from a friend. It will change your life. It's even in the Bible. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, scripture says. The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. The fourth requirement of intimacy is to create the zero perfection experience. Create the zero perfection experience. Intimacy is created in the safe place of, of an absence of an ideal demand. Let's listen to that again. Intimacy is created in the safe place of an absence of an ideal demand. And here's a principle of intimacy. 
The more a person feels pressured to be better than they are, or perfect, or flawless, the less of their heart is available for the relationship. Because all they're trying to do is figure out, what do I have to to look like, and be like, and talk like, and think like, so so that you'll accept me, so that you'll love me. It's not a relationship. So we have today The Bachelor. And The Bachelor is about creating a zone of of perfection. It's creating a 100% perfection experience. And the other day I was, you know, looking at stuff and I hit The Bachelor. I said, I'm going to watch this for a while, see what I can learn. So I'm watching The Bachelor and I'm learning a lot. You know, I'm learning how, how crazy this whole thing is where, where, you know, there's something, I understand why people watch it because there's a hint of Genesis 2 in this show because God created a man and a woman and they were wild about each other in the beginning. And, and God knew that the man, it wasn't good for the man to be alone and he made a partner for the man, uh, a saving grace partner. And, and the man's eyes just were big as saucers as he saw his wife. And so the hint of Genesis 2 is, is there. But everything else is pretty bizarre. You know? <laughs> they, you know, they're all trying to dress perfect, talk perfect. Everybody's crying all the time. You know, there's one guy, there's like 87 women, you know, and then every week some of the women, they give out roses, right? And then somebody doesn't get a rose. Then all of a sudden, out of the shadows, this man comes and he goes, if you didn't get a rose, say your goodbyes. (laughs) You know, then I started to worry. I started to think, you know, one day I'm going to come home, I'm going to go through the door and he's going to be, if you didn't get a rose, <laughs> say your goodbyes. It's a crazy show. You know, but it's based on this idea that somewhere there's a perfect relationship. Somewhere there's this perfection. And if I go for that perfection and I can find it and grasp it, I'll be okay. And the guy who's on the show now, he already went through the show once. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't find perfection, and they brought him back. Perfection says you have to be something else in order to be okay. God says you're okay because of who I am, so you can become the best you were made to be. Fifth requirement of intimacy. This will be your favorite. Create a parent-free brain. Create a parent-free brain. Intimacy is for adults, so you have to get released from the parents inside your head to have intimacy. They did their job. Maybe it was good. Maybe it wasn't. But today, many marriages and friendships suffer from a lack of intimacy because of loyalties to parents that sabotaged the foundation of biblical intimacy. God designed a leaving and cleaving experience so that intimacy could take root and grow. 
You got to leave. It says in Genesis 2, that I was just talking about Genesis 2. It says, you've got to leave. You got to go. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Create a parent-free brain. It means that, yes, you brought understanding about life and family into your marriage, but that doesn't mean that everything you brought was right. That doesn't mean that everything you brought was a match inside, outside. A lot of us brought a lot of just outside superficial stuff into another relationship, and it doesn't work, does it? Mm -mm, doesn't work. And so it's time to create a release from the parents inside your head and to get on with the business of intimacy. Even if you're single, parental loyalties will affect the potential for true intimacy in all kinds of relationships. What this doesn't mean is that you, know, you don't reject your parents, you love your parents. You, you, you share life with them and, and you invite them into celebrations with you and you, you appreciate the gifts that they bring to you of their personhood and of sharing life together and time together. You honor them, as Scripture says. But what this doesn't mean is that you let them manipulate you. You let them do your thinking. You, you let their issues and their stuff become your issues and your stuff. Intimacy says, I create a, a parent-free brain. I love them, but we have our own life. I have my own life now. Create safety zones. Create expressions of need. Create independence. Create the zero perfection experience. Create a parent-free brain. And finally, create structure. Create as much structure as you need to bring the inside and the outside together to birth intimacy in your key relationships. Sluggards do not plow in season. So at harvest time, they look but find nothing. Carrie and Chris Shook write, sometimes we even try to use God as a Band-Aid. We really want him to heal us, but we don't actually want to take him to the broken places because it's too painful. There's too much shame. We end up hoping that if we do the right things, we can cover up that hurt with God. We quote scriptures and say the right things, but deep down inside, we're only saying them because we want people to be impressed with how spiritual we are. You have to do the work. You have to make the time for the requirements of intimacy. And structure might be something like going on a marriage retreat and just blocking those two days off on your calendar and saying, we're gonna do this. We need structure. We need to, to do some inside, outside work and we need to create some safety zones and, and we need to get some parent-free brain stuff going on. And, or it might mean reading this book together. Or it might mean deciding to, to really finally give yourselves together to everything that God 
wants for you. And so in a moment of, of prayer, you finally do that, that step of faith and you bring faith and life together with your marriage or with somebody that, that you really love, but you know that you've not been congruent inside, outside with them for a long time. You have to do the work. All the lonely people. You don't have to be lonely if you'll do the work of intimacy. The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. And then late last night, this letter showed up. Dear friends, I am intimacy. Intimacy is all the essential qualities of my nature. It is the holiness of presence. It is a full heart that generously infuses all good things back into each relational experience, each transaction of potential grace. Intimacy is a transaction unto itself. It is the exchange of something hard to frame with frail words. It is the melding of a being's being into another's as the two are summarily one but distinct. It is the connection that is above all earthly value, yet free and still costs everything. Intimacy is not just a body connection or a mind connection or a heart connection. Intimacy was the price I paid to know you and have you know me. Intimacy soared with a swift angelic announcement, a birth like none other, and a splintery cross that flung open the gates of glory. In heaven, intimacy is like breathing is to you now. You don't reason a moment upon it, but your days are sustained with its mild rhythm. Now the unexpected lesson arrives. Let me preface the lesson with this. Intimacy for you will always be difficult, even arduous from time to time. You did not expect that because in your mind resides a vestige of what you were created to become. The stamp of our image and likeness left a trace memory of a time before time was marked. Your self-serving nature, however, encumbers your mind and you falter over opportunities to embrace relational joy. So the unexpected lesson is revealed. You are required to be bold in the creation of intimacy. Then if you will your heart toward this boldness, with my spirit surrounding your intentions, you will escape the cold waves of loneliness. You will live out your lifetime of some days being better than others with a deep sense of gratitude for intimate transactions of grace. Be bold and do the work of intimacy. You will find me there, tearing down the walls around your heart with your hands. I am intimacy, God. Dear Heavenly Father, allow us the humility to tear down the walls that have been built around our hearts. Allow us to implement the requirements of intimacy in the most important relationships of our lives. Allow us new beginnings, allow us new starts. Let hope surface and, and let it shine like a new dawn. Father, in all these things, give us the insights that we need to draw out the true relationships 
that you have given into our hands from your holy hands. We ask all this in your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen.